Good morning, good morning. morning. Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, where we are worshiping Jesus Christ. We are living out the Father God's love, and we're transforming community by the Holy Spirit. I have a couple announcements for us. First of all, really glad everybody's here and made it through this spring forward thing. I don't know if you're lagging, but I'm lagging a little bit, so give a little extra grace. April 2nd, we're going to have, you know, the last week or two weeks ago, whenever the first of the month was, we started back up our potluck lunches, and I thought that was a huge success, and it's so good to have everything back. The next one is going to be center. Oh, yeah, you can round of applause. We can praise God that we're, I don't know, normal stuff's happening. Um, the next one is Palm Sunday, but it's also, we'll have one, if you have a hobby, we'll have tables and you'll be able to either show off your hobby or teach some people your hobby if it's teachable. You know, like probably not fly fishing or anything with spears. Uh, but, you know, you catch the drift. Um, unfortunately, I got a call yesterday from Roberta. And she was in a car accident. And she broke her sternum. But by the end of the call, I was feeling like a sissy. Because <laughs> you remember I broke my sternum in a car accident. And she seems to be a lot, a lot, a lot tougher than I am. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to pray because she's like doing push-ups and stuff. She said, I feel, I feel like I can do this yoga position. She was naming a yoga position now better than ever. And it really makes my chest feel good. Anyway, I was like, okay. Um, but we'll pray for her quick and speedy recovery. I'm glad she is safe as be. Ed is taking care of her and bringing her all kinds of food. But you can feel free to call her and um, text her and ask her if, you need, if she needs anything. And let's just continue to pour love on people like we do. Jim is back in the building, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> back from Vegas. And it's so good to see you and uh, glad you made it amongst us. I'm putting together the covenant call for uh, next month. And your Easter poem will be on the cover. No, no picture, just your poem. Um, I'm probably going to regret this, but I think it's a good idea to do a little more more fellowship time. But since there are so many flus and bugs and stuff going around, just do the fist bump and converse with some people right now. I'm going to try and pull everybody back together and face this direction. You can remain standing if you're standing. You can stand up if you're able, if you're not standing. And I'll give us a call to worship before... I knew it, right? Too much community. 
too much love amongst each other. I think there's, a, I think there's something about that in Scripture. Um, yeah, everybody stand for the call to worship. Before I give us the call to worship, I also was reminded I should give you a Sharon update. Sharon is at home. She's recovering. It was really traumatic um, and scary, and it beat her up a little bit. Uh, so continue to re- pray for our teammate, Reverend Sharon uh, Jaeger-Lenner. Um Our call to worship is fitting because it's Sharon's favorite psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. How long? Forever. Forever. Let's worship the Lord.
singing here as we jump from 1964 to like maybe 1985? Big era change.
draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise The hour I fall. 
It is amazing grace, amen? Amen. Our children's director is feeling under the weather, so no children's message. Children and students, please, uh, you're dismissed. We are the people of God, but Scripture reminds us that we are still in sin. We need to confess our failures, knowing that our Lord Jesus Christ intercedes for us with the Father, who freely forgives us, through his infinite goodness and mercy. So let us draw near to God with sincerity and confidence as we confess our sins against God and neighbor. Will you please pray with me? Loving and merciful God, we have experienced your power, grace, and love so many times, yet we still doubt your goodness toward us. We have been changed by your mercy, yet we persist in sinful patterns. You call us to be bold in our faith, yet we often shrink back and hide from the life that you have called us to. Forgive us, O Lord. Forgive us, too, for caring more about what the world thinks of us than of what you have instructed and promised us in your word. Lord, give us boldness to step into the abundant life you have created for us, to seek justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with you all the days of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God pardons those who repent and truly believe the gospel. 
Since Jesus paid the ultimate price for us, we have peace and confidence that today and every day we are forgiven. May it be so.
Hallelujah. Yes. This is, uh, Lent is more like Christmas to me. This is amazing. I got to preach on John 3.16 last week, and this week I get to preach on a passage of the woman at the well. In San Antonio, I was a college pastor uh, that derived its name from this passage, the well, and then at St. Andrews, I was fortunate enough to be a part of the launching a ministry called Northeast of the Well, which is based upon the passage we're going to study this morning. Just a couple quick reminders. John, uh, Jesus is one of two of Jesus' best friends, Peter and John. John is so different than all the other Gospels, right? you got Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then a little while, John writes his Gospel. He's this older, wiser gentleman, and it's it starts, like I said last week, the other Gospels start with, like, uh, genealogy. He starts with universe, like master of the universe, Jesus. Um, and then he, the first miracle, uh, water to wine. Um, last week, we talked about how he um, meets and changes this dude's life at the nighttime. This one, we're going to study about what Jesus is up to during the day. So uh, here we go. It's Matthew chapter 4, and I'm going to start John chapter 4. Everybody's like, Matthew, Matthew's just been saying John. That's right, it is John. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out of his, by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give will never be thirsty. The water that I give will come in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband. For you have five, you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet, a teacher. 
Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. I know that rescuer is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then the disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, oh, back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. You do not say four months more and then harvest. Then comes the harvest. But I tell you, look around. Look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another one reaps. I sent you to reap that that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans... From that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I had ever done. I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there for two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this is truly the Savior of of the world. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth of it. I pray that you would use me as your vessel. Um, may my words fall to the ground, be quickly forgotten, and may your words penetrate the hardest of heart and change us of forever. And all God's people said, There's a lot there, right? But it's so good. So, so good. Um, Remember that show, Wonder Years? 
Do you remember when uh, Kevin gets a job at the hardware store? And uh, the hardware store owner is one of those guys that knows everything and likes everything done a particular way. And then Kevin is learning all these things about um, hardware and plumbing and stuff like that. And then his dad runs into some trouble. And, uh, and he's working on the sink. And Kevin, the son, says, Dad, you need a bib screw. And Dad goes, huh, that's awesome. I'm going to go down to the mall and go get a bib screw. And Kevin, the son, says, why don't you go to the hardware store? And he says, I just want to hear about it. <laughs> I just don't want to be around the owner and have to talk to people. Do you ever feel like that? That's how this woman is. You don't go to the well in the middle of the day. Going to the well in the middle of the day is like going to the supermarket in the middle of the night. When's the last time you've been in the supermarket in the middle of the night? Usually it's to get something that's really urgent. But sometimes it's just to not be around people. Right? She goes to the well in the middle of the day because she knows... I'm tired of dealing with people. I'm tired of being looked at as dirty. I'm tired of being dismissed. I'm tired of not being seen as a person. Because in that culture, women, I do a whole no sermon about that, women weren't very respected. Especially women that have married a couple times. And a Samaritan. She's at this well in the middle of the day. Jesus sees her. It's interesting we don't know her name. I'm going to, you know, there's a bunch of questions for heaven, but that's one of those mysteries. Why didn't you put her name in there? Just because I, I want to talk to this lady. I want her, um, I don't know, but it's just, there's, she's deep, you know. And so she's, she's, and Jesus says, hey, can you give me some water? And she points out the obvious. Why are you talking to me? I can see you're a Jew. I can see that you look down at me. I can see you, you don't even, your friends don't even see me. I'm a nobody. Why are you talking to me? Why do you want water from me? Jesus starts talking theology. Um, I think it's Roberta Heston, he says, in the Gospel of John, whenever Jesus talks to a man, he talks about loving. He talks about the church. He talks about human relationship. Whenever Jesus talks to a woman in the Gospel of John, he talks theology. It says something, right? About this Jesus we worship. He's a total different, total different kingdom, totally different playing ground, totally different... Up is down, down is up. Nature. And so he starts saying, I got water that you can't even imagine. It fills your deepest parts. It fills your soul. And it's a water not like the water that we're talking about in this well. It's a water that springs forth. It doesn't come in. It actually comes from within 
and it never stops. And Jesus starts describing this water, and you can almost, I can almost imagine the, the woman's face, you know? This guy's not ignoring me. This guy is something special. And he's not only talking about something I want, he's talking about something that I think this whole world wants. Get me off this crazy train. Get me off of this place where everybody's judged by their outward appearances, where there's cancer, where there's suffering, where there's sorrow, where the, ho- where the hope continually seems to be crushed, where dreams continually die. I want to be a place, I want to be, I want to have this well, I want to have this water inside of me that springs up and gives me hope and gives me this life, eternal life. When he, That phrase is really important to, to John. Eternal life is not only a temporal thing, it's, a, it's not only quantitative, it's qualitative. It's deep, meaningful life. It's what the philosophers of, of Greece talked about. A life well-lived, um, meaning, hope, dreams, life. As Prince put it, the great theologian, electric word life, it means forever, and that means that's a mighty long time. I, I know you, you don't know Prince very much, but um, what was I saying? I'm talking about Jesus talking theology with this woman. And then he does something outlandish. He does something bold. He reveals his secret. He reveals to this this secret that is... We're in Lent, right? The secret is then proclaimed loudly and publicly on the cross through his death and resurrection. He says, I am. Does anybody recognize the power of that? Um, Hebrews have a a word... You know, um, it's called tetragrammation. It's called tetragrammation. Um, The Jewish follower of God does not say Yahweh. Because the name is so holy and so of God that they believe that humans shouldn't say it, you know? And that that stems from that moment at the burning bush. Does anybody remember that? Moses, this dude on the side of the mountain, gets this message through this bush that burns. Well, that is on fire, but never burns. Who knows what that looks like? And the voice of God, I wonder what that sounds like. It says, take off your sandals, for this is holy ground. 
calling him back to his humanity, calling him back to his roots, calling to back to what he's designed to be. And he says, I'm going to proclaim and I'm going to do mighty things through you. I'm going to claim a people group and I'm going to free them from slavery. Moses says, I'm not very good at speaking. He says, shut up, I'll teach you how to speak. And then he says, who should I say sends him? And God says, I am. Tell them I am. Send you. Jesus is recreating that moment. Only it's not Moses. And notice she's a Samaritan. What does that mean? He's picked the people group out. Who's the people group? Everyone. Look in the mirror. That's the people group. And on the side of this mountain, he, or not, it's not, this is on a mountain, but this is on a higher plateau. It's at this well. She's saying, who are you to say that you can give me this well that springs up within me that gives me meaning for every day of my life? Jesus says, I am. I am. I'm God. I'm God's only son, the rescuer that the scriptures are talking about. But not only that, I have the power. I've got the keys. Dad gave me the keys. He gave me the keys to set you free. He gave me the keys to set every one of us free. And then what happens, right? This woman says yes. It's not really in the text, right? That moment's not really recorded. That moment of her going from darkness to light isn't really described. John doesn't really see it. All he sees is Jesus talking to this woman and setting her free through her faith in him. And then she's drastically changed. She's dramatically changed. And she goes northeast of the well. That's where Laura came up with the name. She went back to her hometown. And the saved becomes the first witness. Who's the first missionary in scripture? We don't even know her name. Who's the first convert? Not an apostle, not a disciple. We don't even know her name. Why not? Because he, she could be us. She could be you. She could be me. Luther called this moment the great exchange. She comes in. She's been married five times, didn't know what the heck life is about. She walks away from Jesus, meeting Jesus. Jesus changes everything. She walks out of that space, a totally renewed creation. A set free slave, no longer a slave of this world, no longer a slave of her humanity, no longer her slave of her sin. She's set free. And what does she cling to? What's her testimony? Everyone in here, I, I think the most, 
Um, uh, there's a lot of annoying things about being a pastor. <laughs> but I think one of the most annoying is when people say, I don't have the right words, I shouldn't say stuff. Or when I'm in a room and somebody has to pray and they say, we pay you to do that. <laughs> right? That drives me nuts. It drives me crazy because it's theologically so incorrect. It's not her words. It's not my words. It isn't. I'm not that good at speaking. It's, It's the Holy Spirit. It's God doing everything. All she says is, this dude knew everything about me. No, no, you don't get it. Don't walk away. He knew me. He saw inside me. He knew, he knew what made me tick. He knew what was hurting me. He knew that I felt alone. He knew that I felt defeated. He didn't even bring that stuff up. He just handed me hope. He just handed me life through him. All I have to do is tell people about it. That's it. It's not rocket science. And what's the Great Commission? Do you remember? Last thing Jesus says before he takes off and flies up into the clouds. He says, you know what you got to do? You got one job, people. Be my witness. Not out-preach everybody. Not argue anybody. Not try and crush people's spirit. By saying, you're dumb, I'm smart, listen to me. Just witness. I was messed up, man. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I thought life was about being popular. Or I thought life was about getting a lot of money. Or I thought life was about filling the blank. But then I met Jesus, and it isn't. Life isn't about those things. Life is about receiving grace through faith in Jesus Christ and hearing straight from your Creator, I love you so much, I'll die for you. That's what life is about. Life is about receiving. Receiving love. Receiving grace. Receiving your true identity. I think you apply this text really simply. Jesus meets you. Even when you don't want to be met. There's a text, you know, there's a little subtext. You can run, but you can't hide. If Jesus has got you, he's got you. Jesus meets you wherever you're at. Jesus knows you. Jesus knows you. He sees what you're going through right now. He sees that in inter- like he, the struggles. I'm having trouble loving this person. 
Or how come everything's falling on me? He sees it all. He can set you free from it. He can set you free from it daily. And Jesus changes everything. He changes everything. And you're one to do. What's your one to do? Testify. Testify. It's actually the same application as last week. I think that's kind of the Holy Spirit's kind of way of saying, hey, PCC, you need to be better at opening your mouths. You need to sharpen that skill of saying, God just did that. We've got a lot of retired teachers. Raise your hand if you're a retired teacher in here. Not today. <laughs> we got yes. Thank you for being here today. This is me. Yeah. You remember that? Catch the kids doing what's right. Catch the kids what do I do? Because once the, I I used to do teach summer school at this Nazarene school, and that's what the principal told me. Principal said. You catch the kids doing what's right and you remind them of it before they turn on you. <laughs> right? And they did. I missed a couple of those opportunities and then, dude, Sammy, Fireball, they, that's what his nickname was. Fireball was pulling off things off the wall. And okay, I learned my lesson. Anyway, we need to open our eyes, put our Holy Spirit goggles on. That's what Calvin calls them. Put your Holy Spirit glasses on and start looking at your days. It's that simple. Holy, ask at the beginning of the day, make yourself a spiritual person by just by mentioning the Spirit. Holy Spirit, open my eyes to where you're at work that I might join you. In fact, I'm going to have you repeat that. Holy Spirit, open my eyes to show me where you're at work that I might join you. We leave this and we start saying that in the mornings. We create that as a holy habit in our lives. I guarantee you this place will be a better testimony. God did that. God did that. God did that. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, precious Spirit, precious Holy Spirit, powerful Lord, Savior, Jesus the Christ. We thank you first. I want to pause and thank you for doing what you did to the the woman at the well to us. Meeting us where we're at. Knowing us completely. Changing everything. Equip us with your Holy Spirit and your words to testify. And all God's people said, let's continue in worship and sing of the shepherd.
we're having trouble making this uh, make sense in the in the order of worship. But I stopped calling for the offering because we don't pass the plates. But we want a continued time of this reflection, a time of reflection on the word. And Mikey, you can are you playing? You're going to be playing the offertory, right? Um, and as Micah is playing. Retroactively, think back through the last couple weeks and praise God for those moments that he, he burst through or he showed up and he surprised you. And as you look forward, look into those moments that are coming around the bend where you know you're going to need him to show up. That's why I said, so please be seated for just a second. I'm going to pray over this offering, and I wanted to, um, I want to say, am I alone? And I don't think it would be a waste of time for Micah to just play that for an hour and a half. <laughs> right? right. Um, thank you so much, Micah, and thank you for sharing your gifts and your talents. Um, Join me in a word of prayer of thanks over how God has blessed us. God, I just thank you for continuing to take care of us. Thank you for blessing us with gifts even when we don't see it. I pray that you would take these offerings, take these tithes, and use them to your glory through us and through this outpost. And all God's people said, Amen. Now let's sing praise. Amen.
John reminds us, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything, anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. Standing on that promise, please pray with me. Creator God, thank you for the respite from the rain today. Thank you for the rain that has provided much-needed relief from the drought. We pray for all that were affected by the torrential downpours these past few days caused by the atmospheric river. The flooding, the mudslides, the winds and the snow affected so many. We pray for each one and ask for help to come quickly. And you use this to remind us that like a flood, your mercy reigns. Your unending love, Lord. Your amazing grace. We pray, too, for the electricians that are working tirelessly to restore power where it has been knocked out. Lord, help them to work swiftly and efficiently. Keep them safe. And as only you can control nature, we pray, Jesus, that the flooding would be kept to a minimum and all those in harm's way would be protected. Protect us, too, from the next atmospheric river expected Tuesday to bring even more rain to our oversaturated land. Father, we pray for your mercy for those in Hamburg, Germany, affected by the Kingdom Hall shooting on Friday. Comfort those who lost loved ones. We pray for an end to gun violence. In Jesus' name, may it be so. We continue to pray for the ongoing recovery efforts in Turkey and Syria, where the death toll exceeds 50,000 people, 50,000 lost souls. Protect those who have been displaced and provide for all of their needs. Comfort them in their grief. We pray, too, for the war to cease in Ukraine and the protection of all of its citizens. May they feel your loving presence even in the midst of this horrific war. Thwart the plans of the enemy. In Jesus' name we pray. In these uncertain economic times, remind us, Lord, that you are the author of time and space, and yes, even finances. We pray for those affected by the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank yesterday. We pray for those in our congregation and in our community that are feeling the pinch of inflation and finding it hard to make ends meet. Lord, provide for each one according to their need. Prompt neighbor to help neighbor and show us how we can be a part of your solution to bring an end to needless suffering. Merciful God, there are so many needs right here in our midst. We pray for those undergoing medical treatments or those who are waiting for diagnoses. Be with each one and comfort them in their time of need. 
Thank you for the excellent medical treatment Pastor Sharon received this week. Continue to heal her in her recovery and bring her back to us fully restored. Thank you, too, for restoring Jim Clark's health and for bringing him back to us. We continue to pray your healing for Sam Allen, Dorothy Ceccarini, Patty Ernest, Buzz Coslin, Keith Coslin, Lou Lindsay, Donna Patterson, and Roberta Schmidt. May your ever-present spirit be with each one and restore them to full health. Lord, we pray for those that grieve and lift up the family and friends of Jean Dale. May they feel your presence and your loving comfort. We pray, too, for your comfort for Tian Chung as he grieves the loss of his mother. Give him traveling mercies as he leaves for Taiwan later this week to be with family. Unite us together, Lord, praying as your disciple, as you taught your disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please stand if you are able and join us for our final hymn. Our sending hymn is called Glorious Things of Thee Are Spoken. You find that for people who want to do voices and in the hymnal that is in the pews in number 376. Everybody else who wants to sing melody, you have the words on the PowerPoint. I want to say a few words about this particular hymn. Um, and I want to refer specifically to the hymn tune, the melody. That one was written probably around 240, 250 years ago by the famous composer, the father of the classical music period called Franz Josef Haydn. Many people confuse him with George Friedrich Handel. Yeah, that preceded Haydn in England. This one is in Austria as it was. He was giving uh, some lessons to Mozart and even Beethoven in his lifetime. He wrote this music, his melody, and it became the Austrian national anthem. And guess what? The Germans could not resist, and they adopted as well as the German national anthem. And the the soccer teams and the Bundesliga adopted as well as a fun singing thing for the fans, and they're doing the same melody up on the high pitch. All right, the churches could not resist for such a beautiful melody, and they adapted several texts on it. This is one of them. Now, uh, it's our turn to shake off the, the sleepiness of this morning, me first. And... Uh, uh, please use your loudest possible, uh, you know, ability to sing. Um, just want to say one thing. I'm going to have three verses. On the third verse, I'm going to do a pitch raise. 
And um, if you're, uh, you know, just yell it out. Does, it doesn't have to be exactly on pitch. It has to be the spirit of, the, of that particular high pitch. The choir, the sopranos, are going to do a descant on the very last verse. And let's um, have a nice, strong, um, fun uh, sending hymn this morning. Jim, are you only here this week? Uh, no, I'm leaving tomorrow. You're, yeah, come on up here. This is Jim. He's getting his stuff, and he's, uh, he's moving to Vegas. You're moving, you're moving to Vegas tomorrow or next week? Well, this next week I'll probably move into assisted living. 
Okay, out in Vegas. I just want to pray over him, and uh, and then I'll give us both a benediction, but mainly I'll give you guys a benediction, but you get the leftovers. This guy gets the benediction. <laughs> God, I just thank you for my brother Jim. I thank you for his love of you and his love of the people, especially in this your kingdom outpost. I pray that you'd guard and protect him, and may this chapter change, bring you glory and honor, and uh, fill the void that he's going to leave around here. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. I make, want everybody to know I'm, I'm remaining a member of the church. Uh, I can get the... Uh, poems. Well, poems to me I, and I the covenant call. The, I can get the sermon on podcast. Yeah. Yeah, so I, which I've done. And uh, I'll send in poems for... Coming to call. <laughs> gonna, call. We're going to miss you like crazy. And how about you make sure we're taking photos for the directory. And he's first in line today, okay? And make sure this dude doesn't pay for anything. If anybody needs to take him out to lunch, uh, I think that'd be a good idea. But receive this benediction, Jim, and people of God. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.